Greetings. The Master Control Program has chosen you to serve your system on the game grid. I love scotch. Scotch in my belly. Greetings, program. America for 300 years has been the land of promise for the rest of the world. Do it, do it, the land of new frontiers. New opportunities. <laughs> Clicking sounds. Sounds that reveal the presence of radioactive rays. The instrument, a Geiger counter, is converting radioactivity into sounds we can hear. Welcome to Tank Ryan. It's time to secure your helmet, close the hatch, and by all means, turn up the volume. Because today, we're talking Tron. Yes. But first introductions. I am with Sputnik. Good day. Victor. Greetings, program. And I am Tor. <laughs> On we go. Let's talk Tron. Ooh, but first. But first. What? But first, what? I've got a few DVD, um, ah okay, you know reviews I'd like to Let's do. Let's warm or, you up a bit or yeah. suggestions. Okay, number one, um, I think I may have mentioned this in an earlier podcast, but you know there's been a, a fair amount of movies made about the war in Iraq and so forth, and I'd have to say that most of them really stunk. But there's two that I think really stand out as far as I'm concerned. One is uh, in the Valley of Elah with uh, Tommy Lee Jones, which I may have mentioned in a in a Past podcast, but when I've just seen are you, recently, are you talking in general the uh, fictional movies, well, or nonfiction? I guess. The, well, yeah, I guess they're fictional, but I mean, certainly based on you know the reality yeah. of the you know. In the Valley of Vila is a good movie because it really looks at the human cost of the war without really necessarily taking you to the war or is this you know why we're in the war or anything. I think it's just a very well done movie. I have yet to get depressed by that one. In the in the Valley of Vila, <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't seen that yet. But I haven't um, been in a in a good enough mood to. I want to rent that really depressing movie with Tommy Lee Jones. Well, it is kind of yeah. depressing, but it is very good too. I'll and check another, it out. Another good one I w- I must recommend is uh, with Ryan Felipe Stop Loss, which I think does a very good job. Isn't that of, an MTV film? Um, it maybe I don't oh, I don't recall seeing the little astronauts, but you're it's such possible. a young punk. <laughs> well, no, I kissed goodbye to Young Punk a long time ago. But <laughs> in any case, I think both are very good movies. But I, I'd have to say one of um. A series that I just recently became aware of is a Canadian TV series that I knew nothing about, and I, I rented the movie. It was it's actually a series that's been on since two thousand one. Was that a Region Two DVD or? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> it actually released here in our very own region, and it's it was uh, done in Nova Scotia, and it was done on a shoestring budget, and it's uh, called Trailer Park Boys. Okay, I haven't heard. And of that. Um, so I watched the movie, which they did about oh maybe four years ago. And there's been several seasons before and since. And I got to say, this is one of the funniest, best-written series I've seen in a long time. And, wow. um, I mean, it's it's the characters are great. Um, it, it's just some of the, the, the best-executed um, comedy I, I definitely have seen. And um, the, these... Uh, I You know, I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but I am a huge Bubbles fan. And um, it's Is that just one of the characters, one of the characters. Okay. And um, like I said, it, it all takes place in a trailer park in Nova Scotia. And um, it's kind of film like cops. But I mean, it's just hilarious. I mean, a lot of profanity, a lot of drug use, 
obviously one of the things that attracted it to me, you know, it to me, but um, two thumbs way up. So definitely, if you haven't seen it, get on it. And that's uh, something you ran on DVD then? Yeah, you can you can get the movie anywhere, even at crappy Blockbuster <laughs> or something. But you know, you, you know, most most places will have it. But you'll probably have to go to a local store to to find the the series from 2001 on. And there is going to be yet another um, season of it, so it's still going on. And I I think it's great because it it should go on. Excellent. Well, you know, in the documentary bent, I could recommend something that I saw this week, which is. Michael Moore's new film, Slacker Uprising, which actually, you know, I know he's kind of a divisive character in the narrative of politics nowadays. I liked his puppet in Team America. Yeah, it's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, You know, that was one of the things that, yeah, Team America, we could have a longer discussion about. But um, in in this latest film, what what he really, he's giving it away for free. Basically, you can go well, to any BitTorrent site. You can download it. He has an end-user license agreement that says, "Oh, excellent! Rip it, burn it, share it, make DVDs, show it to people for free. Anyone can have this. Um, and if you do charge people money to watch it, then you have to give the money to a Democratic cause. Basically, nice. it's a great. Wow. It's the best Eula I've ever seen. So, I think. is it even uh, available it, at a video store? It's not available. I don't think it's available anywhere right now, except you can download it. And I downloaded it and watched it on my computer. And I'm gonna rip a few DVDs for friends. Um, it uh, basically Sweet. chronicles it chronicles his uh, his college tour in support of John Kerry at the last election cycle. So uh, it's not like a Fahrenheit 9/11 kind of right. big movie production. It, it seems more like he had a lot of extra footage. He had a lot of directions he could go, and he wanted to release something before this election was over. I see. You know, it sounds like it, it's it's like the big one, which was about his uh, book tour. Right. It's exactly yeah. like oh, the yeah, big one. Yeah, sure, sure. Only it's got better production. It's got you know, it's got the same uh, smartness about it, and you really get to see him um, kind of explain how he was vilified last time in a very right. neat way. But it's really not a five-star Fahrenheit 9-11 movie. But anyone who's interested in Michael Moore, this is a free movie. I really would suggest checking it out and then sharing it with your friends. Well, I I recently put Linux on my laptop, so actually BitTorrent comes with that standard. So I would be more than glad to download that. And I I just have to say, yes, you can get Linux to work on any wireless card. It's not that hard. Get off the PC tit, you pussies. Well, check this out, everyone. The the iTunes version of Slacker Uprising, because you can get it for free from iTunes, protected. It's protected video, so you can't rip it. You can't share it. But... It's available from um, uh, Blip TV. You can watch it streaming. There's another version called Hyperion or something like that. Yeah. Um, and you get it from there. You can get an MP4 that you can rip and share or whatever. So nice. I deleted my yeah. iTunes downloaded version and said a big F you and then went to my BitTorrent. And there were only, I don't know, 300 seeds out there and 150 peers. So yeah. it really took absolutely no time to download. Oh, no doubt. Well, yeah, so. Speak, speaking of PC, I don't know if you guys have been, you know, saw those two awful commercials with Jerry Seinfeld yes. and uh, Bill Gates. And then they yanked him after two weeks. Right. And, of course, Microsoft said, oh, no, no, we, we had always planned to, to do another series. Like, no, everyone was horrified because it took forever and there was no payoff at the end. And really, <laughs> does anyone want to see Bill Gates adjusting his underwear? 
<laughs> you know, they, they were a bit freaky. But now they have this yeah. new commercial series out in order. I'm a PC. I'm a PC. It's like, what are you, some sort of oppressed minority? <laughs> Is this like rich white guys who are saying, oh, God, you know, look at us. I mean, we only own everything, and why can't everyone just like us? It's, and a, give sly, us a, it's a sly ad campaign, though. They've got a lot of really young, hip people that do you know, cool things and study icebergs and, you know, whales and all kinds of crazy stuff. And yeah. I mean, I think it's a very sneaky commercial. And I mean, yeah, I've got more to say about it yeah. later for sure. Kind of a bitch to, you know, when your iceberg data gets eaten up by yeah. Vista. Well, what's really funny is Service though, Pack 3 and XP. The company that did the, the I'm a PC videos, uh, if you look at the metadata, all that was done on a Macintosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's great. So the ad company did it all on a Mac. So I think that's irony good irony God, absolutely well <laughs> i also wanted to say too that as as our listeners may or may not know scotty nation is a swing state in the upcoming election this means that we are burdened more than most it means we swap candidates well yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're undecided but um you know and there's a reason that i use a southern accent when i want to sound retarded but i won't go into that right now so in any case, we are a contested state, which means we have to suffer even more through all the really painful commercials like the original Mavericks. <laughs> this is what we said we did, but of course we didn't really do it all. And, you know, so on and so on and so on. Well, here's my thing. Now, my house seems to be on this major invasion path for Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, and Democratic canvassers. So generally with... The religious groups, I, I almost invariably tell them I'm Jewish because it's like being on a no-call list for Christians. You know, he's <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I could have I could have went with Muslim, too, but being Melanon challenged, I, I, I don't think I could have really carried that off. I had know? a friend who would say yeah. he was a Satanist and then say, just wait, I'll go get my literature. We can exchange. <laughs> <laughs> and they would always disappear by the time. Do the Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah. I could never do that. <laughs> That's well, too harsh. So if you tell them you're Jewish, you, you're pretty much already doomed and they're not going to try to convince you and whatever. So they just kind of go and they leave you alone. Mm -hmm. So I've actually been fairly Mormon and Jehovah Witness free for quite a while. Are you telling that to the Democratic canvassers as well? No. To the, to the Democratic canvassers, I tell them I'm a convicted felon and not allowed to oh, vote in the election. Nice. And quite honestly, if it could free me from all three groups, I would more than willingly become a Jewish convicted felon. <laughs> so what happens is, is that on the weekends, my phone just gets bombarded by these phone calls where they just will not take no for an answer and have to tell me, you know, like the Jehovah Witnesses bringing me the good news of Jesus Christ, they want to bring me the good news of Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. And I, I keep, I, I can't figure how many ways I can say this. So so I've, I've tried variations, but it really comes down to is like, I'll vote for him, okay? Can you take me off your list? Can you check me off? You've brought me the good, you've brought a sermon to the shut-in. Just put a okay? sign out front. No, because I mean that's not like a no solicitors. It's like an Obama's. Oh, they're already going to vote. <sighs> yeah. So, uh -huh. so it it just strikes me that look, whether I vote for him or I don't, I'm on. I don't know how many no call lists, and there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Well, so, so now no I've, call lists don't don't apply to political action groups in general. At first, I mean, you have to tell them, and you have to tell them that you don't want to be called. 
You know, I mean, after a certain amount of profanity, one would guess that that would <laughs> no, probably they, be what they would do. And they do gather that, and they will remove no, you. No, no, so far they haven't. Really? So now I've had the string of canvassers come to my door. And, okay, yes, I when I get home, I'm very tired. I flop onto the couch. I turn on some TV. I read a book. And they know I'm there, so they just keep banging or ringing the doorbell. And so the convicted felon thing worked for a while. Then I had, you know, then it was like 9 o'clock at night. And our street has no street lights. And I certainly am not turning on a porch light. I don't even do it during Halloween. So I'm sure, shit, I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> you know, and these two fresh-faced little young Democrats show up at the door. And I said, is this about Barack Obama? And the big smiles on their faces like, Oh, yes, yes, it is. And I just kept thinking, this is where I'm going to completely crush their little spirits. <laughs> you know, and I just, so I just proceeded to just rant at them for about 20 minutes and just <laughs> oh, tell them, it's like, my God, I realize you're young. I realize you're probably not that bright because I'm guessing at your age, your brains aren't fully formed yet. Now, here's the point. Do you honestly think that there's one that is less of a whore to the, all the big interests, the 1% that old everything, yes, I'm talking about the ruling class. Like, for instance, Barack Obama and McCain are going to speak to George Bush today about the economic crisis. That'd be an interesting Who conversation. Who in the hell is this going to help? <laughs> you mean the guy that bumbled into it in the first place? Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of great insight that can be gleaned there. Not to mention the Treasury Secretary who just says, give me $800 billion, don't monitor, don't ask me why, just give me a blank check and we'll bail it out because we're holding the economy hostage and basically oh, your yeah. lifestyle and your children's lifestyle <laughs> because, well, let's just face it, um, our greed got way ahead of it. Well, he's only technically in office for another two months and he will serve until the change of office well, this in is January. The la last so. big dip but that's in the enough. That's enough. How, I know. How, well, who knows? Exactly. I mean, exactly. who, who, you know, with the Federal Reserve or any of the, oh, God, and they trotted Yoda's shriveled ass out, too, to ask him about it, you know. Of course, I'm talking about Alan Green. Well, he's yeah. partially to blame for the whole situation. Oh, partially? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, please. <laughs> you know, so they yeah. asked him, he's like, oh, yes, trouble you will have. Well, what I would say, what I would say, not, you know, not in defense of Barack Obama, I mean, he is a politician, but I would say what we're seeing right now is eight years of Republicans getting exactly everything they want and getting everything so the deregulation yeah. the tax cuts the war the everything a republican would want and this is where we end up oh yeah so i'm not but is it just the last eight years or i mean is it since the soviet union fell or even before that the people were talking then about peace dividends that maybe we could pay off the huge tab we incurred during the cold war and maybe we could actually make our economies work in a slightly different way other than being arms dealers to the planet yeah. But instead, no, we had to continue. And this was under a Democratic president for eight years as well. No, we just have to keep investing in the same thing. Let's not let's deregulate. Let's not monitor. Hey, here's the uh, here's the thing. How are we essentially different from the Soviet Union when it collapsed in in the early 90s from a centrally planned bloated economy? So now we're nationalizing everything, and people, that's what it is. It's nationalizing. Right. Well, we haven't done it yet, so I'm not really going to cast judgment on where this is going because, I mean, by the time you listen to this, it will be decided, and, and we will know where this is going. But, I mean, currently it's just back and forth, back and forth. Well, the, CIO, the CEOs are not going to get their huge bonuses, and it will be monitored. By who would be my question? 
And then is it going to be more people from the Bush administration? Will that change depending on who's elected? Like, again, getting back to my original point, like it <laughs> fucking mattered. Hey, people, here's an idea. Read a little bit of history. Capitalism doesn't work. It goes through these tremendous cycles that is just not stable. It's not going to hold. And frankly, I say let the fucking thing burn. Let's do it differently the next time there are some economists saying that that um you know like a forest you could let it burn to the ground and it will grow in a different more strong way fine um and well now and, what we're doing is we haven't yeah. been a producer nation for decades that's moved on to china and india now we're selling off the services that we have being a service-based economy so we're going to have exactly what left that's what i can't understand and barack and john are going to pull pull us out of this my god like it fucking matters it's just like well, i think which... it, i think it does matter because yeah. john mccain has called for tax cuts for everybody everybody gets tax cuts especially the rich and he has said that he doesn't and... he doesn't know anything about the economy Right. I mean, but the just, point is, Obama didn't exactly jump into the fray either on this he, until you know Congress started doing its little little uh, grab for newsprint, saying, yeah. "Well, by God, harumph, harumph, you know, we we should really look into this more." And are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? You're the people that should have been doing your job in the first place, monitoring this and not deregulating. Instead, you screwed up, and you're just trying to 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 defer blame. So all the only difference between the two candidates is, and yes, I'll vote for Barack Obama. <laughs> if anyone's listening out there from the Wisconsin Democratic Party, I will fucking vote for him. I don't believe in him. I don't believe in his change. I don't believe in his hope because he's a whore like the rest of them. But let me put it this way. The only difference between the two of them is which one will speed you to the abyss faster. And frankly, I don't care. I I'm hoping to be an expatriate by that time. I think a lot of people are, so there should be some some looking into what countries are good right now. They'll sell your kids for dog meat just like the Goths did for the Romans. It doesn't really matter. They don't care. And no, Sarah Palin needs to be interviewed. No, you can't. Holding off your Republican convention because of a hurricane for one day is fine. But if you say that you can't do the debates because of the economic crisis, it just means you're not fucking prepared. That's saying you can't be president. Right. If you can't do Sarah a debate, Palin you can't be president. can't be interviewed. She can only be photographed. Mm -hmm. What is she, a vampire? I mean, I don't She's get... a delicate flower. Oh, my God. She's a hot skirt. You, you and she's getting all the Republican men all riled her. up. And they're ready yeah, to well, Caribou Barbie her. can blow me. I saw a few seconds of the Katie Couric interview, and it was not impressive, so... Yeah, you know, here I am talking about the journalism of Katie Couric. So I don't know. Did you see the Did you see the Onion this this week when they were talking about trying to interview Sarah Palin in one of their columns and they and they say, well, what do you think about you know um, global warming and uh, creationism and so forth? And and her only response was, shh, my retarded child is sleeping. <laughs> you know, the, the article that I saw in the Onion this week that really got me laughing was Internet Explorer makes bad attempt to become default browser. <laughs> Right, it's a whole article about the pathetic attempts of Internet Explorer. It's so passive aggressive. Well, it even highlighted the yes make... button for me and I'm made a, a, PC. a weak beeping sound. <laughs> I'm one of Jerry's kids. You know, I know, and I know the latest Mad Magazine had a, a thing in there about you know things I hate about the internet and having some guy go ranting on about whatever. So I apologize to our listeners, but quite honestly, it's like how much can you take? First, they want to privatize Social Security, which essentially came down to give me your money. Don't ask any questions. Now they're just, you know, yeah, they want to privatize Social Security and put it all in the market. Yeah. You know, 
Well, oh, yeah, so the, that this can buyout, go down the this drain buyout too. could could very easily turn into oh, I'm sorry, we can't afford education anymore. Oh, oh I'm sorry, we yeah. can't afford this. Or anymore. could lead to hyperinflation. I'm sorry, we can't afford healthcare anymore. So no. yeah, there is there's a lot of there's a lot at stake, and and I really hope everyone is paying attention because yeah, you know, we do need to live on this planet. Actually, oh, yeah. the, the, one of the best solutions for this now. Uh, generally, I prefer a heavily regulated market economy. Uh, but uh, if Obama does get elected, uh, a really heavy tax on the rich would actually help because then that would pull all that money that was transferred in the last eight years to the rich, pull it back, and right. pay for some of these programs. Well, let's talk about that in 45 days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not it's mention like, that to the rich. It's my secret plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'll be waiting yeah. on pins and needles over that one. Uh, Meanwhile, please canvas my house as much as possible. Well, that's the problem. You live in the eye of the storm. You you live where canvassers really shouldn't be bothering, but they're all they all live here and they're not gonna drive to Janesville like they should. They're not gonna they drive should. up I to mean, Mauston like they should. They should be going to those farmers and they should be going to those people who who are just like I'm going to vote for the white veteran, you know, and you, you yeah. talking go, to them. You got to go to the undecided or the, the ones that can be switched. Yeah. No, but, canvassing yeah. in Madison is a waste of time. Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. You know, Patton once said that the Purple Heart is nothing more than an enemy marksmanship badge. And being caught mm -hmm. and being a prisoner of war for five years, I don't think is anything to really be proud of either. It's like, really? So, so yeah. you were in prison for five years. Okay, Hogan. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean that's a resume item for you to be president. Like, we owe you something? I can see Russia from oh, Alaska. God. <laughs> this old, this, he's just a sad old fart. <laughs> this is a sad, 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 sad election. But in any case, moving on to Tron. Yeah, sorry I raised your blood pressure there. Yeah. Uh, I just hate being canvassed. <laughs> it's like, you know, when people keep asking me things, it's like, Whatever. Thank you, Liam Lynch. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take your copyright on that. Uh, I, uh, uh, um, I I think we need to get Sputnik a little sign for his front door. I'm getting <laughs> Sputnik's going for a beer. <laughs> All right. Wait, I'm gonna do my foliest. Okay. Get that? <laughs> oh, he's got a beer. We're going downstairs now. <laughs> We're in our to the beer cellar. Right. Come on, people. Let's keep with the flow. So we're now, talking about Tron. the 1982 Disney film. And frankly, yeah. Tron was one of the first things where I realized that, you know, Disney didn't universally suck. That's right. You and know. of course, Tron is kind of short for electronic. Yeah, you know, there's oh, really? a there's a basic yeah. code for Trason, which, it, you know, T-R-O-N, and, and the, the original writer, Steven Lisberger, didn't, he said he'd, he'd never heard of that. So recently, as everyone probably knows, is at Comic-Con 08, they, they showed some sneak preview of Tron 2, which got me thinking, hey, is this Tron movie really that great? Because I didn't see it. I haven't seen it since 1980, you know, 82. So I thought, well, I'm going to go check it out again. And then we all decided yeah. to revisit the film. And we did. Yes, we did. And there is a 20th anniversary uh, edition out on DVD that came out a few years ago, at, which has special features, interviews of the people involved. I actually saw it. It's on heavy rotation on the G4 Gaming Network, or as I like to call it, the network for bitter masturbators. <laughs> but I remember know. when Screensavers was on that network. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I, I love the flying toasters. <laughs> Long live Tech TV. I opened a wound. I'm sorry. Oh, God. The scab has hey, been pulled right off. Really, though, Tron is about computers. It's about 
you know, tech, electronic stuff. And in 1982, it was cutting edge. It was. Well, actually, I think it holds up very well today. Yeah, it was it was started by Steven Lisberger, who had an animation studio called Lisberger Studios, and he's out of New York, and he had a bunch of great animators, and they were doing they were doing some silly stuff, and they had some Tron animations going. They had some like cool computer guy characters that they were selling to like radio stations of this disc throwing. He looked like Thor to me. Yeah, uh, it looked like some crazy Thor character throwing discs around. And uh, and their main gig was they got involved, and this goes back to our Olympics episode. They got involved in making an animation called the Animal Olympics. So in 1980, <laughs> Summer Olympic Games. Yeah, for the night. Yeah, 1979. They had they were going to make a full length thing out of it, and they made all these little vignettes of different animals competing in Olympics. And then, uh, you know, Moscow ended up boycotting, and there were all these problems with the Olympic Games. Oh, so they, yeah, they didn't really get the uh, much for the, all their work on the Olympic uh, animation, which was just uh, traditional animation, I believe. Right. Uh, so a lot of these people computers. worked together on this, and, and eventually it was acquired by Warner Brothers. And so it is available. You can buy the whole full movie, um, but they only showed a half hour of it on TV, I believe. But it is, hmm. it was made available in the 90s for distribution, the whole thing. But he had this idea for moving this character Tron into a into a full feature uh, film, and mm -hmm. uh, went ended up moving out to the West Coast and trying to secure money and secure backers to come up with the capital to actually make the film the way he wanted to make it. That's cool. Well, yeah. And the movie the movie stars Jeff Bridges, Bruce Boxleitner, and uh, Cindy Morgan, who I think probably most of us will remember as the uh, slutty niece of Judge Schmales on Caddyshack. Yes, yes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I got that okay. going for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is nice. The shaved head, the flowing robes. You know, Debbie Harry was talked about to play that role oh, yeah. in oh. Tron. In Tron. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. As Yori. Also has uh, Bernard Hughes and Dan Shore. And... Uh, Oh, and David Warner. I'm I'm so sorry I forgot David Warner because David Warner is yeah. is like a science fiction B movie god. Yeah, he's been in yeah. everything. Not to mention like a billion Star Treks. He was brilliant. Oh, really? Oh, that's god, why he yeah. looks so familiar. Oh, yeah, he was. You know, the, the undiscovered country. He was the Klingon ambassador who gets killed. You know, and the, oh, they're all okay. floating, and the Pepto Bismol Klingon bloods floating everywhere. Okay. Yeah, who are the nerd factor just buried in the red zone? Well, you know, the way they the way they filmed this this movie, it was all computer animation and rotoscoping and a lot of animated techniques we get into. Yeah. But uh but Peter O'Toole was going to play the David Warner part. Oh, that would have been so sweet. And Peter yeah. O'Toole walked on stage and it was all black and white. The whole stage is just black and white and he walked on and he's like, "Well, this is I'm not going to be in this film." <laughs> He, he was, I'll be in the pub. He was imagining there would be like huge, you know, live he sets with be a all live, the details built yeah. in. Yeah. Sorry, but we it, haven't made those but yet. But the set was actually all black. That must have been disappointing. And they just oh, yeah. filmed the characters in their, uh, you know, in, the, in their costumes, and all the the background was filled in later. Yeah, Peter O'Toole would have been great. Computer generated. Techniques. He would have been. But David Warner, yeah, he was an excellent character. Oh yeah. my god, he, yeah. he nailed the part. He really did. I, yeah. you know, and uh, like I say, he's he's been in so many of these science fiction movies that it frankly wouldn't have been as good, I think, with without him. The only thing I would say about this this movie is is that um, I love the electronic parts, but when they go into the '80s and you see those awful '80s fashions again, it's really a, a colon tightener. <laughs> I, you know, 
I I, I kind of enjoyed it. I thought oh, it was. You. I it thought was, it was really funny. A, I, I get just such a kick out of it because well, I lived through it, and it's you like, still have your you parachute know. pants, don't you, Tor? You know, <laughs> I, I I never did get parachute pants. Jeff Bridges was so into it too. Uh, you know, Jeff Bridges played that part. He did. Oh, yeah. Like he he owned it. You know, and and I guess I think he was the reason why Bruce. Boxliner even signed on to it. He's like, well, oh, yeah. I guess if he'll do it, because Bruce didn't know any yeah. of what was going on and, and didn't think it was going to be that great of a film because he'd mainly done westerns. Right. Yeah. Well, he was very heroic, though. I mean, it was kind of a foreshadowing of as uh, Commander Sheridan in Babylon Five. Oh yeah, and then yeah. He's, he's playing yeah. the lead character Tron. You know, he gets all. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> gets the great lines. Gets the uh-huh. broad. I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 It's basically, Jeff Bridges movie, but you know, Jeff Bridges went on to be the dude and Starman. Starman, yeah. I love The Big Lebowski, though. <laughs> the Big Lebowski is a classic. But we digress once again. <laughs> now, I first saw Tron in the theater in 1982 in Wisconsin Rapids, right in the center of Scotty Nation, right in the... Holy Ned. Uh, yeah. The, that is the, the, the chocolatey center of the, Yeah, the <laughs> flatlands. Nation. and uh, Yeah. Not so chocolate, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was making a Tootsie Roll reference, or uh, yeah, Tootsie <laughs> okay. Pop reference, but okay. Yeah, that's, that's anyway. But um, I saw it at Cinema 8, which didn't have eight screens. It just had one, but it was on A Street, <laughs> which the, the, oh, they later- convenient. <laughs> they, la- they later converted the theater into a state office building. Wow. So- Oh. Is that just that's, weird? That's really evil and wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I went there with my brother, and- I, you know, in a, in a way, the movie was almost a little too. Con- uh, um, I, I wasn't in the right mind mindset for it. It, it kind of, I thought it was okay, but it wasn't Star Wars because I mean, this is nineteen eighty two. Star Wars came out in nineteen seventy seven, right. and, and I had seen Star Wars like five times by then, and I was pretty much my life evolved around Star Wars. Right at the time, <laughs> this would have been the so, same year as Return of the Jedi, so I was competing for that. Would it? Yeah, that's right. So this is kind of like. Yeah, but it's not Star Wars. But it's kind of cool. Right. But, but uh when I watched it again now on DVD, especially now that I'm I'm, I'm kind of, you know, into computers and especially computer history, I really digged it. Cuz you know, looking at those old computers and and the way they did it and talking computer stuff and, oh, yeah. and the animation, it's pretty cool and and I uh, I think I understand the plot a lot better now than I did then. Um you know, it was all mainframe Unix too. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of the terms they used were directly from that. So yeah, that was kind of cool. You know, when I was uh-huh. young, when it came out in theaters, and this is the same year as ET, and ET killed Tron. Like yeah. ET destroyed Tron. But what we did is Tron was coming out maybe a month and a half later than ET. So uh, I believe it was my brother and I and two friends. Um, at least I knew there were four of us. But I was in the theater. We went to see Tron on like the opening weekend. And then we stayed in the theater and saw E.T. as well. So it was a, a double feature for us because oh we, we, we lived in the sticks in Minnesota and had to drive to the big city of Duluth. And, <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, that's cool. And so, yeah, yeah. we, we kind of I don't know if we snuck it. I was trying to figure that out, if we actually paid for both films <laughs> or if the kids just wandered from one you know, seeing Tron right into the E.T. screening and oh, just watched be. E.T. But it was a really oh, I, I have, amazing movie I have experience a friend to see those two films together. He always, when we went to Cinema 8, he always uh, entered with a you know a gigantic pot belly which was really filled with popcorn <laughs> so he wouldn't have to pay the high prices at the theater <laughs> oh that's great well you know you guys had some great right. stories about when you saw that me i just got high and went to go see it I mean, 
really no more than that. End of story. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, we all went and saw it. And I know a lot of people went to see it, but this this died in the box office. And yeah. the, the video game that Midway had licensed at the same time to be out made more money than the initial uh, screening of the movie in theaters. Wow. And the Oscars douched on it, too, because they said, well, That's, they cheated with the special effects. What is this piece to, <laughs> as opposed to real special effects? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't what, Your distinction is why? You didn't draw that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that ain't no drawing. I didn't see any stunt, man. I mean, quite frankly, they had, you know, special effects is everything from makeup to, uh, you know, to computer graphics. and They That's ran right. the yeah. whole gamut um, with the, the way they filmed it. You know, they had... They had, you know, Magi. They had um, well, some of the graphic designers that they had working on this film, like Sid Mead, um, mm -hmm. who's world-renowned futurist who had has done future drawings from back when he worked with Ford, and he would do car drawings. He worked for the, you know, the steel companies making, you know, future drawings. He designed the logo for Tron, and and had oh, he did a lot of, cool. yeah, he did a lot of the the main designs and, and uh, you have computer graphic companies like, you know, Magi doing some things. So you have computer drawings and then you had what I'd mentioned earlier, this whole rotoscoping that was going on, uh, which is exactly how they did the star Wars lightsaber effect um, where they would, you know, have the, the projection and they would draw basically on the screen, the, the different layers. But with Tron for such a high tech film, there were parts of it that were just incredibly low tech they would take yeah. these 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 cells of black and white footage of the actors blow them up and then chop them up into like six different mats of colors and wow. color layers and yeah you know make it look computery that the, way yeah they it's, it's not a big gigantic piece of film <laughs> yeah that they'd blow it up to and then they just keep layering it with all the different colors yeah so they would and draw the blue and glorious and that's oh. one one movie frame at a time oh my god uh so you notice their faces are gray and everything, and that's because it's shot in black, black and white. Because it's just easier mm -hmm. yeah. to control the colors. Oh, uh, sure, you, sure. Otherwise, you would have had all kinds of coloration blurring through. And originally, they were, the... you know, Disney fronted for the for the test cell, the the test shot of the 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 disc where they're throwing the disc in the disc battle, and and they were really impressed with that, and then gave them the go ahead to do the whole thing. But in the original, they were going to have the good guys be yellow and the bad guys be blue. But then somewhere in there they changed it that the good guys would be blue and the bad guys would be red. And there right. are some green colors in there and some other colors. Which I think in an election year I think is appropriate. You have the <laughs> good guys as me. blue it had me and thinking the bad that. guys as red. It, it politically had me thinking blue states, red, red states. states. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he touched a red state and turned red for a little bit there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was very, it was oddly political in a very strange way with master control uh -huh. program. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, ruling everything, and which which I think is great because uh, South Park uh, completely took the master control program uh, image mm -hmm. and made it into uh, God. I think it was uh, Moses or something, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was an old episode. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't where like Kyle went to camp or yeah, something, yeah. and like Jewish camp or I forgot about that one. Yeah, and yeah, was, I remember, but that. it was the same. It was mm -hmm. that same like spinning face and. So, but you know, I, I think one of the reasons that we're talking about Tron and why it was a real breakthrough. I mean, yeah, the special effects were were definitely on a par uh, by themselves, and I think the movie still holds up fairly good today too. But I well, think what's... in fact, in 1982, it was probably ahead of its time. It oh, probably very much should have so. came out in 1992 or something like that. In '82, home computers had not made 
um, a huge impact, if any at all. Right. Yeah. So I think that, you know, movies like um, Blade Runner and Tron are images of the future that actually have kind of shaped what that future would be in a very real way. And Sid Mead did them both. Uh, Sid Mead was the uh, designer, basically, of Blade Runner. And that was before um, before he started working on uh, Tron. He started him kind of in 1980, um, but even before then, he was doing Star Trek: The Motionless Picture. Right. So he did a lot of the art design oh, for God. that. He did yeah. not write the the story. Thank so you. We can't blame him for that. Pajamas in space. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and uh, Shatner looked like he had a dead squirrel on his head. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm sure a he did. Money on but the tube. You know, I'd probably still watch it if I flipping channels and hit Actually, it, you know. I got to tell you this, Tor. Um, I got the director's cut, which I know it's like, that's pathetic. But I did. And it was Fine. released with very little fanfare. And the thing of it was is, at the time, uh, 79, when Star Trek The Motionless Picture came out, they basically had to just keep putting these movies out to the theaters by, you know, like on this production line. Or it just was not going to be used. It was a real problem. So they did not have the editing done in any real way, shape, or form. That's why, you know, it it's just didn't hold together at all. Uh-huh. The director's cut, they actually have it in the sequencing that they meant it to be. It's actually a fairly decent story then. Oh, okay. You know, so like I say, I'll 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 bring it over. We can look at it. We'll schmooze. We'll I'll have a nosh. Yeah. Well, the seven-year-old Viking princess and I have been watching the old Star Trek episodes. Oh, I nice. haven't ever found the episodes where they changed the intercuts to make space more realistic in those things. But that's I, uh... I seriously, you've told me before, and I cannot find it. it I just oh. it never seems to. Uh, I'm I'm DVRing it, so when, anytime it sees Star Trek, it, it'll grab it, and I'm, it's on channel fourteen. I'm not finding it. Well, you, you you have satellite. That's right. So it's probably not the same. Mm, probably not. Yeah, but in any case, it's I've there. I've seen about ten of the episodes with the new intercuts. Mm-hmm. It actually does add a lot to it. Like the Doomsday Machine and everything, they did a good job. You know, mm-hmm. or even a Muck Time. You actually get they did a great job of like, oh, this is Vulcan with these you know huge you know buttes and mesas and yeah. everything out in this huge. Yeah, desert, I'd like so. to check that out. I'll, not I'll, bad. I'll find it. I'll find it. But you know, Sid Mead also was responsible for after that. You know, he got involved with 2010 and the design in 2010 was brilliant you know it wasn't as brilliant as 2001 um but the design was really great and he did aliens and then and then and then short circuit johnny five oh my (laughs) god how the mighty have fallen Hey, I liked I liked Short Circuit. But, oh you know, come on, jeez! I also like I also like some horrible '80s movies. You know, that's why yeah. I want to see Without Warning again. You know, oh, it's just nostalgia, yeah, I, man. I, I, I guess I have to see Short Circuit. I haven't seen that one again. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you have to. No, <laughs> no, no, huh? <laughs> Who's Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't oh, tell you for as far. Oh, oh, oh no, no one Go. one last thing. Um, there's this other thing called. Star Blazers, which is an animated uh, uh, series called originally uh, Battleship Yama Yamato. Oh yeah, the yeah Battle Cruiser. Yeah, Space Battleship Yamato. Yeah. Oh, that was a great series. Yeah, I love that series. And, and the whole the whole premise was the aliens were coming. It was a Japanese anime where right. humans were living underground, and the uh, the radiation was slowly going to get us. So they find this. Battleship, which is a, based on a real battleship. Yamato, oh yeah, it was, was huge. Sunk. It's the size of current aircraft carriers. Mm-hmm. It was, 
just tremendously huge. And, and how they designed it to become a fighting ship to go through space and oh, save this yeah. group of people. And I watched that as a kid, and I was just... That's very cool. It was one of my favorite early cartoons. And then I found out that in a later incarnation of it, after it's gone through, you know, all the fans in Japan had had really sealed the deal that this would be a recurring uh, series. And Sid Mead got on to a version of that called Yamato 2520, which takes Ooh. place even farther in the future than the wow. first series. And and I, I think, think that was the last incarnation yeah, of the Star seen, Blazers. But may have seen some of that. I, hey, have you guys... Really oh, oh Speed Racer's back. out on DVD now. Have you seen I have it? seen oh, I have not. Yes. I got to get that. I, I thought it was great. I thought it was beautiful. And I almost had a seizure. It's yeah, yeah, I, yeah, definitely, yeah. Christina Ricci alone, I was like, oh my god. I mean, just the the pans and the cuts and the. I mean, seriously, that that was just. It's a pretty movie to look at. Yeah, I mean, but if you ever seen the original Speed Racer cartoons, which I loved, th there was not much moving there. Every yeah, now and then, a mouth no. would go wonk 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 wonk. Movement is expensive in animation, and they didn't <laughs> yes, do as much as Speed Racer. They spared the not those expenses. Well, quick question on Speed Racer: uh, What age of a kid could start watching that? Uh, Any? Oh, the movie? Yeah, the movie. I think the movie is suitable for a five, six, seven-year-old. Okay. Yeah. I mean, at three, they're not going to... No one... No kid's really going to follow the plot. But, right. I mean, yeah. it's supercharged cars racing and people doing that's silly good. tricks yeah. with spikes. Yeah, there's, like, no titty or anything. No. Yeah. I mean, that's right. kind of what I was looking at it for. But... There's some ninja action. All right. But, you know, <laughs> okay. hey, that's what makes it good. <laughs> well, well, speaking of kids in Tron... Now, uh, I have a five-year-old son, but uh, so this morning, he hasn't seen Tron yet, so I just flipped it on. We had like five minutes before I had to take him to kindergarten. So he saw that, you know, the first five minutes of Tron, and I said, well, okay, we got to go. So I turned it off. And from then on, he was, well, actually during the whole movie, he was asking me questions like, oh, what's that? What's that? And then afterwards, he's like, well, how's it going to end? Where's Tron? I want to see Tron. <laughs> he's just wow. asked me continuous questions. So I, I got oh, cool. I, I, I to let him watch the whole movie. I think he'd really enjoy it. I oh, mean, sure. So it, so, it's good for kids and adults. So do you remember when you were a kid, the Tron Lego set? No, there was a Tron Lego set? No, there wasn't. That's why you don't remember it. But- Lego made something called Black Tron, and they made other things where they used the Tron word, but there never was a Tron Lego oh. set. But so damned if of... I didn't sit down and make myself a recognizer out of Tron, and and I, oh yeah, I made you know out of any any Lego parts I could find, I built a recognizer, and then I hung it from a little um, you know the the the. I hung it from a, the drawers, and I would pull it on fishing wire so it would float like a, re a recognizer. And I was so into <laughs> Tron after I saw that movie that I was. Oh, that's cool. It was cool. no, that's totally yeah. dorky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was totally into it though. I may have made a light cycle in Legos. I'm not sure, but I could see me doing. Have that. Have you guys seen the um, Batman Legos? Yeah. Oh, I love the Joker. I I went to McDonald's just to get the Joker. <laughs> Wow. So yeah, give me a fucking Happy Meal and give me oh, the Joker. Get Legos and Happy Meals now? Oh, yeah. It's all right. Because <laughs> he's so happy. Why <laughs> so right. serious? I got a gun. <laughs> got a possibility for lunch tomorrow. All right. So, you know, another major artist that I want to mention about Tron that worked on Tron, uh, besides Peter Lloyd, who also did some of the design, was Mobius. And Mobius is one of my favorite. Um, art designers. He he mainly does comic books, and he did a uh, comic series called Blueberry. He he really fell in love oh. with westerns, and he did a lot of that. He also did a, all the design for the Fifth Element. 
Um, and he's oh, that was that was another movie where I thought the it, yeah the, the it, concepts and the scenery were just fantastic, especially Jojovich. But the yes, <laughs> yes. But yeah, the the plot not so much. Gary Oldman, you know, not so well played. No, but have you seen her in uh, a movie with Adrian Brody called uh, Dummy? Yes, I have. That movie, that kills. was a cute little movie. I love Very that. Cute. Yeah, you yeah. look like a child molester. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's got a ventriloquist dummy. Okay, let me explain that, listeners. <laughs> I know that didn't come out sounding right. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. He just I'm just sitting here confused. <laughs> <laughs> Look toward Tor. You know where you are, Tor. <laughs> We're doing hey, stage direction now. I was just sitting back here drinking my beer. I, yeah. Not always so, paying attention. <laughs> so since we were going to talk about Tron, I decided that, that Tank Riot needed to talk to an outside expert. Ooh. So... I gave a call while he was on the road, and I interrupted his travels and got a brief interview with some Skype interference and downloading recording issues. Uh, I talked to Jay Maynard, a.k.a. Tron Guy. So I, I think we should, maybe we can take a break and listen to a little bit of what Tron Guy had to say about uh, this resurgence of Tron with the Comic-Con preview of Tron 2 and what may or may not happen with the film franchise. Because now Ooh. it's a franchise. Wow. Oh, speaking of which, did you hear there's going to be a, a Pirates of the Caribbean 4? Why'd you have to break my spirit? I know. I'm it's not just... even campaigning. I didn't even knock on your door. <laughs> <laughs> you had to tell me that. It just makes me sad. It's like Mel Gibson doing uh, <laughs> Mad Max 4. I mean, was anyone asking? I... <laughs> All right, let's take a break. to be made. So this is uh this is Jay Maynard. Let's let's listen. This is Victor from Tank Riot, and I am on the Skype right now with uh, Jay Maynard, who is more well known on the internet as Tron Guy. Are you there? Greetings, programs. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate you uh, sitting down to talk with me over the phone here. You are very well known for being the Tron Guy, and that uh, came from a PenguinCon convention back in 2004, was it? Yes, it was. So you you built a really beautiful Tron costume that most people have seen, and when kind of became a, a punching bag of geekdom over uh, slash dot and at uh, fark dot com, and uh, your image was widely seen all over as an internet meme, and you became quite famous for building a really nice costume that you just wore for uh, for the show, right? Yep, and I'm uh, I was I was kind of surprised by the way it all turned out. I expected maybe 500 people to ever see that costume. And you won a prize for it, correct? Yes, that uh, costume won the Best Workmanship Award for at the convention. Excellent. And and before the convention, you weren't a Tron fanatic, collect every Tron piece of memorabilia from the set and all that? Not really. Um, you know, I liked the movie. I, I, I thought and still think very highly of it. But uh, at the time, I was my collection interests were more uh, in the uh, in the world of the Animaniacs cartoon series. I had heard you had every Animaniacs episode. Yep, I collected every last one of them on videotape, uh, as well as a few other related series, and uh, uh, a whole bunch of shirts, uh, uh, several uh, original production cells, the actual cells used to make the cartoon with. Uh, and a bunch of other miscellaneous stuff uh, scattered all over the house. So do you have a favorite Animaniacs episode? 
Um, I can't say that I have one favorite. I do have one favorite from each season. <laughs> okay. Uh, how how about one favorite from a midseason? The uh, the one that I like uh, best from the middle of the of the run, when it first hit um, Fox Kids, they did one cartoon called "Please Please Please Get a Life Foundation." Uh, there was at the time a very active internet uh, fan community for Animaniacs, and it had this uh, file those uh, kept track of all of the references in the series. And uh, the the folks that made it got permission from the guy who compiled that file to quote from it in a cartoon, and the result uh, was was uh, was the one I'm talking about. And it's only about four and a half minutes, but it's extremely funny. Yeah, they 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 play let's make fun of the geek, but in a fun way, especially since and uh, especially since it's it's their fans that they're making fun of. <laughs> right. Well, and some of their characters are themselves quite, quite geeky in a very good way. Indeed. Uh, one of my favorites is the Yakko uh, listing the the countries of the world. Yeah, that was one of the one of the very first ones, and that caught a lot of people's attention. Yeah, yeah, it's a really great show. Are you are you looking for anything coming up on from them in the future? Are you hearing that they're doing anything else? Uh. I, uh, from time to time, I hear that uh, the people who made Animaniacs are doing other things. Uh, that group broke up not long after the series ended. And in fact, some folks left for various reasons during its run. But I'm afraid that a shift in the, in the climate for uh, television uh, wouldn't allow people to make a series like that today. Uh, the uh, the the whole approach to cartoons uh, for for the longest time in the late seventies and eighties they were lobotomized by the the folks that insisted they had to be educational up and uplifting and and good for kids to watch and then they sanitized all the fun right out of it. Well, unfortunately, I think the pendulum has swung back in that direction. It, it looks like some some there's some hope on the horizon with Frederator. And some of the productions that they're doing that are aimed more—it's a little bit more in the Ren and Stimpy vein with the with the kids programming, uh, but there is a, a little more sarcasm going on. And, and I think that would be great. I just hope that they please, please don't let John Crickfalusi do the art for it. <laughs> Ren and Stimpy is funny, but I absolutely cannot stand his art style. Uh, I blame I blame him for the rash of just plain ugly characters in animation. Yes, you see you see that reflected even in the SpongeBob close-ups. And anytime a uh, uh, animation show needs a close-up, they make it very much like a John Feluzzi. Exactly. Well, one thing I also wanted to ask you about is uh, you you became pretty famous and actually turned it around to your advantage with a series of about 15 Jimmy Kimmel Live episodes where you, you showed up and were interviewed and uh, and actually had a really great run. A lot of those are available on YouTube. How did that come about that Jimmy Kimmel asked you to show up on his show? I had a lot of fun doing that. Okay, well, that was, that was the first part of my interview with Jay Maynard, a.k.a. Tron Guy. And I apologize for the cutoff there, but uh, we had some Skype problems with the recording, and I ended up getting totally disconnected eventually and then having to call him back to finish the interview. But what I really wanted to mention that we missed during that part is 
I'd asked him about his Jimmy Kimmel appearances, which were like 15 appearances he did in 2004 that were really, really fun. And he he stands by his guns and just he decided to go on the show because Kimmel approached him and asked him to be on there. And he said, you know, they're going to try to make fun of the geek and I'm just going to show up and I'm going to answer all their questions. And I guess Jimmy Kimmel is recorded live. So during one of the commercial breaks, he said that Jimmy Kimmel leaned over after he talked and said, do you want to do some correspondence and go out and do more more stuff with us? And and Jay said, yeah, I'll do that. No problem. Um, but I also asked him a little bit about um, the Microsoft campaign because he has done uh, he was approached by Microsoft for the I'm a PC ads and he recorded one. And he I asked him if he approached them or how that happened. And, he said that he was asked by them to participate in the I'm a PC uh, series of ads. So if you go to their website, which I'm not advocating, no, but I know uh, if you go to the I'm a PC website, you'll see Tron guy and you might see him in that series of commercials as well. Um, and I asked, you know, what's his preferred operating system and being a system administrator, basically all of them, you know, you have to use all of them for different things. He was trying to, true. he was trying to move the Animaniacs uh -huh. from digital, uh, from, you know, VHS to digital had to use a Mac for that. You know, it just worked better. And, you know, he has to do uh -huh. system administration. Some of that just works better for a PC. So, you know, he did the ad because, yeah, he uses a PC and, um, you know, he's involved in that. But uh, I also managed to ask him, which wasn't on the recording, about his flying. He's a, he's a pilot. Oh. And he just recently bought a Zodiac plane, which basically seats three people. Beautiful plane, but what he did was he used some of the green spray paint from his Tron guy suit and painted it on a piece of plastic and sent it to the company and had him paint the plane with that. Wow. And then had him put blue stripes <laughs> on it so that he, he flies it. And there's some pictures on a City Pages article that I had read where he's flying the plane and wearing his Tron guy outfit. And <laughs> it's, it's an awesome looking plane. The plane looks just beautiful. But uh, I, I go back to the interview when I call him back and then we can listen to the last few minutes of the interview. Sure. All right. So you were saying they, they could take uh, Flynn in a totally different direction and he could play a totally different role in this new Tron film. They could and it, it, it will be very interesting to see what they do with it. Right. And, you know, everything's rumors at this point and it's looking to come out around 2011. <laughs> so... Yeah, and it's got it's it, it's interesting to me. Uh, the guy that runs Pixar says that he got into computer animation because of Tron, and so I believe that he will treat it that he'll treat it right. One of the things that has irritated me over the years is that in discussions about. Uh, remaking or, or making a sequel to Tron, people have said, well, the first thing you need to do is update the graphics. No, they don't. Um, one, of the, you know, one of the reasons that the world inside the computer in the original was so convincing was its, its stark, minimalist design. Now, they can use better graphics uh, facilities and, and make things... Uh, make things a bit more real without uh, without losing that essential uh, austerity of design, and I think that what we saw in the in the demo reel did that, and I'm really happy with that. Yeah, I, I, I hope they stick with it. I wish we could have got a cleaner look at at the actual computer graphics. I mean, it was wobbly and off center and everything, but it did look like they were 
even though the original was done on such a non you know high tech way it was done so low tech with the panels being blown up and layered on top of each other it had a great feel uh for it that gave it a really neat quality and it will be and it looked like they were on the right track to kind of emulate or simulate that in using computers to to do the design uh itself i really hope to do and like I said, the, with the guy running Pixar uh, being such a fan of the original, and Pixar, the, the rumor is that Pixar is doing the sequel or whatever, uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident on that score. Yeah, the rumor is that uh, Pixar is doing the sequel, and also the original writer, Steven Lisberger, was originally involved in this incarnation, but uh looks like he's not going to helm as director like like he had planned originally so there has been some changes but it is a very exciting way to to show the film it'd be nice if they would release the actual footage um to the it internet. would i i really wish that they'd do that mm -hmm. so are there any other uh science fiction films that uh filled your interest uh, on the same level as tron um, to some extent, I you know I've I'm a fan of the uh, even numbered Star Trek films. You know that rule. You know <laughs> yes. the the Star Trek films are the even numbered ones are good. The odd numbered ones suck. <laughs> yeah, I haven't sat through the motionless picture in quite a while. Uh huh. You got it. <laughs> uh, the 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 original the 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 first three released Star Wars uh, were pretty good. I'm not a fan of of the other three. Uh, I, I felt that uh, for whatever reason, they just didn't seem to have the magic to them. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, that's really about it for me. I, one one thing that surprises people is I really don't watch a lot of movies. Are you planning on attending any other conferences or, or going to any of these other computer conferences like PenguinCon? I go to PenguinCon every year. Um, I have been to a couple of other science fiction conventions, and there, the guy that founded or helped found PenguinCon had a convention in Austin for a couple of years called Linicon. He's looking to start that back up, and when he does, I, I will definitely go to it. Uh, he's talking about having the first, the, the first one of the of their started up again uh, next year in September. So at the PenguinCons, are you recognized, or do, you don't always go in costume? Um, I, I have a series of costumes. Uh, the, the, the original Tron costume, of course, is extremely recognizable in that, <laughs> in that world. Uh, I have a couple of other costumes. One I did from, um, the webcomic Schlock Mercenary, and, uh, another one I did from the novel, uh, The Flying Sorcerers. Okay. Uh, the, the General Zinchub, the, the one from Schlock Mercenary, is pretty recognizable, and, and folks usually have no trouble understanding what that is. The other one's kind of generic looking, so I, have to, I find myself having to explain it. <laughs> so do you see being Tron Guy as a blessing or a curse at this point? At this point, I'd say it's a blessing. I wouldn't trade the experience for anything, but if you'd asked me that a week or so after it started, I would have said, hell no, I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> well, it was a very impressive... Uh, way to come out the gates and represent, uh, and you can see it in the videos. There is a, a bit of derision, even from Jimmy Kimmel, um, who, in, in the original interviews, was a little dismissive. But once you managed to get the stage yourself and and represent yourself, it kind of turned the whole thing around a little bit. 
Well, I think, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I think he was he was trying to play Let's Make Fun of the Geek, thinking that's what would be funny television. And he saw that didn't work and decided, okay, well, let's play it straight. And it turned out, be, turned out pretty good. I, I think I, what I found is that in doing that kind of an interview, uh, I generally earn the interviewer's respect uh, at some point during it. Not always. There, there have been a couple where uh, I wouldn't play along with with them, and, and they wound up getting angry and cutting it off early. Okay. <clears throat> but uh, the the worst one of those was a uh, uh, radio shock jock in San Antonio who tried. To, I found out later his standard. He pulled his what I found out was his standard shtick on me. He had quote a call in listener unquote who really was a Confederate. Uh, make all kinds of, of accusations, you know, like the one that stuck in my mind was, uh, so do you use the, the costume to pick up young boys? That kind of thing. Oh, that's pretty terrible. And, and I and I didn't bite and got dumped very shortly after that. Well, I did notice on your Live Journal blog, you mentioned uh, somewhere around August 20th or so that you had something in the works that you were traveling for, but you said you couldn't say anything about it. Are you doing anything that uh, you want to tell fans? Yeah, about? that that was the uh, that was for the I'm a PC. That thing. was the I'm a PC thing. Okay, excellent. Yeah, that uh, like I say, I don't know what else is going to come of that. Um, it will be interesting to see. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, uh, you know, about about everything, really. Um, and I know your phone's probably going to end up ringing quite a bit more often with the rumors of a sequel to Tron coming out now. I sure hope so. Um, and I, the one question you didn't ask, but just about everybody else does, so are you going to be in it? Uh, to which I, can, I can't say because I don't know. They haven't asked me yet. Uh, if they do ask me, I'll do it. What kind of program are you expecting to be? At this point, I really don't know because I don't know how they're going to approach it. Yeah, well, that would be excellent. It would be a wonderful cameos. So, yeah, I wish you all the luck. I certainly think so. Let us know if, if there are, is any news and you, you are approached because we'd, we'd love to hear about it. Oh, don't worry. If I am, it, it'll be pretty widely known just as soon as I can say anything. <laughs> all right, well, we'd appreciate a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Thanks so much. And I'm I'm sorry to interrupt your your trip there. And I you know hope you have a good trip back to Fairmont. Okay, Victor. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Take care. Have a good evening. Well, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Seemed like a pretty interesting person. It's uh, yeah, it's a interesting uh, you know, to end up on Jimmy Kimmel and do a Microsoft ad because you just put on a costume it's, it's pretty good it, sure it, it seems it seems fairly random his fame but the way he represented and the, the way that you know he wasn't going to be taken advantage of and made fun of if you watch the jimmy kimmel you know you really see that he sticks to his guns you know he's one of those rare people i think that's authentic in his own way like right yes i'm wearing a tron costume yes it glows and yes there's batteries attached to me Next question. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I mean, I, he's, he's genuinely eccentric, yeah. not, not faux eccentric like so many people, exactly. you know, put on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, here's hoping that he gets in the next Tron movie. So did you yeah. guys see the Comic-Con footage of the Tron 2? 
No, I did not. I, I have not. It's going to have to be stabilized like the Bigfoot footage because oh no, apparently this really took Comic-Con, and, and most of our listeners will probably know this, it took them by complete and absolute surprise. No one knew this was happening. So they're, they, they're sitting there, and, and all of a sudden it comes up on the screen. We just want to show you this one little thing. And then you can tell the person with the camera who managed to catch it just had to die for his camera and get it going and barely got it up in time. Oh, and wow. It's shaky and it's all over the place, but it's computer graphic, uh, computer graphic generated. And um, it, it's basically looks like this little preview they did. It was really well planned. They showed it at Comic-Con and it looks like Tron only post matrix. So it really looks that like could be really they good. took Tron in a new direction, and it looks really cool. I'm really disappointed, like I said in the interview, that they, they haven't released it. I, I really think Disney should release that and should put that footage out there for people to really consume oh, and dissect. Absolutely. I'm really disappointed they haven't. But he kept talking <laughs> about the guy from Pixar. Um, the person who's right now slated on the rumored IMDb site um, – for directing is Joseph Joseph Kosinski. Uh, Steven Lisberger is no longer on as director, but he's still on as writer. So apparently well, they're going with Pixar. They're going with with one of their sure. own. But what's really interesting is um, Brad Bird worked for uh, the Animal Olympics at Lisberger Productions years and years ago okay. for Steven Lisberger. And Brad Bird okay. uh, went on to the career with you know doing. Iron Giant, The Incredibles. He's at Pixar, so okay. there's a lot of ties there. And boy, now that was a great uh, uh, animated movie, Iron Giant. Iron Giant was brilliant, and yeah. so was so was The Incredibles. It, it drew so much yeah. from The Watchmen, but it was yeah. The Incredibles. You know, there was some really boy. Now there's a good clip too, mm. the, the Watchmen clip. Yeah. Oh, the the one for the new Star Trek movie. I have to admit, I peed a little. Yeah, drool worthy. <laughs> The Watchmen's still my <laughs> my favorite preview so far, but you know Jeff Bridges shows up and it looks like, oh. yeah, it looks like he's talking to Clue or some version of Clue, and it's a light cycle race that's like nothing you've ever seen. It wow. it seems like a version of the light cycles meets Speed Racer, and it nice. really was trippy wow. and looked great. I, I think they they really have a chance here. To do something wonderful with this, I played that video game a lot wow. when it was out the light cycle. Oh man, video the Tron game. video yeah. game. Spiders was the place yeah. where that would always get me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now myself, I was more of a pinball guy. <laughs> I like seeing the ball roll, and you kind of nudge I love the pinball. table. I, I hope go. one day to own a reconditioned pinball machine. And and I, yes, me too. And I, I did like to see the fact that they had a big row of pinball machines in that arcade. In the movie Tron, you know, it wasn't yeah, just video games, and that's, you know, that's a classic '80s arcade right there. I mean, that those were fun. They were still transitioning at that time. I mean, right. now it's yeah. it's all electronic, but yeah. you know, back then well, it wasn't well, actually, so much. You know, they still are making pinball machines, but yes, they are. They're kind of I don't know niche, but uh, now my brother though, he was really big time into video games, and they had the Tron game at the YMCA. So every time we went to the Y, he had to play Tron. The so, Y, yeah, the Y. At least, <laughs> at, the y. at least that's what I heard. Because I, <laughs> well, he was playing Tron. I was I was swimming laps for uh, swim practice. But do you guys remember? Uh, and you know, so so the Tron movie happened, and then there that was pretty much it. Like it disappeared. That was the end. Yeah, of it. it did. It really yeah, just, it just went away. Do you remember Auto Man? <laughs>
Yes, I do. Oh my God! Auto Man was a Auto Man. It was a Glenn A. Larson production. Yes. Auto Man, as well as Manimal. Jonathan Chase, master of the secrets that divide man from animal, animal from man, Manimal. Oh God! You name dropping bats. I love Auto Man. Manimal, dude. I don't think I missed a single episode of Auto Man when it was on. But it was Desi Arnaz Jr. This was Desi Arnaz. I, I totally watched Auto Man. Yeah, and I also watched Manimal. <laughs> and so, 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 yeah. For, you can see some clips of this on YouTube. I just strolled down memory lane the other day, <laughs> and I, I haven't looked for Manimal, but they have the theme credits and everything for Auto Man. Apparently, it was a big hit in Europe, so people are still uploading Auto Man stuff. But it's really a Tron ripoff. Oh, completely. With, with uh, a cursor who right. draws his car, which turns into a helicopter, or a guitar <laughs> if he wants to jam out with, uh, you know, musician. Uh, it's just it's just yeah. bizarre. Auto Man was very, Auto was Man, very different. Yeah, so check that out. And they did that. That is not done the same way as Tron. It's just I can't believe you brought up Manimal. Yeah, and Manimal. And Manimal. So Manimal is supposed to be able to change into any animal. Any animal he wishes. But it's always a panther or a hawk, you know, yeah. like... Like the Wonder Twins, you know, form Shape of a bucket of water. <laughs> form of an eagle to carry the bucket of water. That's know? right, yeah. yeah. One was always liquid and the other was always like, an God animal. God damn, thing. I always got to carry this liquid bucket <laughs> around with me everywhere. Yeah, the liquid thing. What a great power. I know. <laughs> oh, but speaking of, um, have you guys watched the, the season three of Heroes? No, I have actually never seen Heroes. Okay, so, you know, that's probably well and good. Bruce Boxleitner is in Heroes. I mean, so is you know Malcolm McDowell. There's a lot uh-huh. of big names in it, but Tron himself is playing a governor right. in Heroes, and I, it was kind of weird to see him in there. And it's probably good that he's in there. But I, I watched the the season, the two hour season premiere, and seriously, man, this show is ripping off every Marvel thing ever made. Oh. And you know, you've got Hulk, you got the X Men, you've got you know super syringes of superpowers, and you've got like. Oh, no. Time, Days of Future Past is basically, you know, the X-Men 141-142 ripoff of the future being horrible and <sighs> traveling back to the past to fix it. I was just so – it seemed so all over the map. Last uh, night I actually saw huh. – I I, wa- I started watching and then like, like a car accident, you can't look away even though you want to. <laughs> I watched the new Knight Rider. Oh, I, oh yeah. Oh my god. I haven't god. stumbled on that one it's, yet. It's a Ford Mustang, so of course it'll never start. <laughs> you know, oh. but it can talk to you and tell you why. <laughs> well, I feel dirty every time I watch Heroes now, especially I feel like, oh, I really shouldn't be watching yeah. this. This is wholesale ripoff and it's really geared toward twelve year old boys and you know, I, I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> I don't feel good. Yeah, I don't feel good about myself. <laughs> but Bruce Tron himself is in it, so hey. Well, that's good. Well, there's a character on Noggin called Z, and occasionally Z has this little outfit on, which looks just like a Tron, a Tron costume. Oh my and I, god! They don't really have it in a computer context, but you know, it's bouncing around in this costume. So it's got to be some kind of connection there. Wow. <laughs> weird. It, couldn't you download the Tron um, font? Too. I bet you still can. I'm sure it's available. I'm sure there's fonts that look like it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. you know, we've talked about you know, we've talked about Wendy Carlos before who did a lot of soundtracks. Yes. She yes. did the soundtrack for Tron. Right. And it is again wonderful. She's she's really, really great. Good. That hasn't been available for years because no. they had a hard time 
uh, refurbishing that and getting it available. So you can you can get it now. Um, but Didn't yeah. Journey do a lot of the music too? Well, that was the thing. Is in the original they cut off her end title sequence to put Journey on, and I was oh, having yeah. flashbacks to heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> She's just a small town girl. That's a whole nother episode right there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So they cut it off, and, and so you you can watch an alternate version, I think on the 20th anniversary issue, where you don't get Journey, which I think is a bonus on any DVD. Yeah, no Journey. <laughs> hey. the, the Journey version or the No Journey version? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Hey, but no speaking about Fair Edition or the Al- No State Fair Edition. Talking about alternate scenes on the 20th anniversary edition, they have a love scene that got cut. Oh, that's right. So what's your guys' oh, yeah? take? I don't know if, if you guys seen it. Yeah, they shouldn't have cut it, I don't think. You don't think so? They, I don't were think they, so. Like, was there nudity or something? There was no, weird, no, it, it was, weird <laughs> computer sex. It's just oh, weird. Oh, God. But not really yeah. sex. But like, I'm not was, sure if they... Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. Did they pixelate it out or something? No, they, they should have left it because it gave you that, that, that little like THX you know, kind of future where she's hiding her apartment from the master control program and... And yeah, she could yeah, change her outfit was cool. to look certain ways, and by touch they could change the suit. I really think that that's a level of detail that would have added a lot to the film. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, interesting. it was only one little scene, and it was very brief. And yeah, so yeah. maybe in the context, it would have been weird, and it was a but, kid film. But yeah, as far as being a young boy, I'm not sure it would have really. I, I don't know. You know, as a young boy, a... five more minutes in the Tron film would have been fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I probably would have rather seen the light cycles at the time. So I yeah. don't know, but you yeah, know, yeah, yeah everyone's all cool. about the light cycles. Yeah, they were my favorite. Yeah, that's a great game too. Yeah, that was yeah, a great was. part of that yeah. game. That was the best part of playing Tron. <laughs> so if you have uh-huh. a Tron story, please let us know at feedback at tankriot.com. Now, Tron guy is not the only big time Tron fan out there. Well, you know, and I think he stated rather clearly in the interview that he. He wore a Tron costume, not because he was a big-time Tron collector of all yeah, things Tron. Yeah. There are Tron heads out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure there Maybe are. they call themselves Tron in, heads. In, in, sure. in fact, be a good name. There, there is a, uh, a guy who um, liked Tron so much, he changed his name. He had his name legally changed to uh, Tronster Hartley. And Tronster? Tronster. Tronster. Yeah. Wow. That's the Tronster. Yeah. <laughs> Tronerator. Right. Tronorama. He is a copy. He is a software architect. Tron- oh, Sorry. God. I'm shocked. Sorry. He took Tron and he decided to be a programmer. And he right now is uh, w- working for a game company and uh, and working oh, on a uh, an unannounced title. So yeah. he, you know he's. I li- wonder what it could be. He's living the dream. <laughs> yeah, yes, you he know? is <laughs> the Tronster. <laughs> that's right. So you know, yeah, that's fun. You you can find a you sure. know you go to Tronster.com. You can read about him, and uh, but you know he's a so- software architect, programmer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the. Uh, but yeah, an absolutely fun movie, and the 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 the. You know, if you really want to get into it, that the twentieth uh, anniversary edition, it's got a you know the whole making of kind of thing, and uh, it, it's kind of funny contrasting. They interview the guys just a few years ago, but then there's also interviews of right after the movie came out, and I think in, right after the movie came out, they're like, "Yeah, Disney wasn't our first choice necessarily, but everybody else rejected us, so we went with Disney," and and what they're saying just a few years ago was. 
Yeah, we really wanted Disney. <laughs> so <laughs> things kind of. <laughs> well, I feel kind of bad for story changes a little for bit. Steven Lisberger because you know, to his credit, Tron is probably the biggest thing he's ever done. I mean, the next thing I can think of on his list is Hot Pursuit, which is a John Cusack film. Oh my god! Um, which is which is one of the first speaking roles of uh, Ben Stiller, where Ben played the son of Jerry Stiller. So Ben and Jerry Stiller played father and son in Hot Pursuit, oh my um, God. which is this weird, yeah, weird film, weird 80s film. I mean, fits right in with the 80s, kind of all that craziness that was going on at the time. And then he dropped off the face of the earth for a while with, you know, some very strange films. And then I was hope, you know, you thinking, well, maybe he'll come back and get involved with Tron 2. But I don't know. I guess <laughs> I guess you can be a producer, not necessarily director. That's true. You know? You're That's the inspiration. True. You're the wind beneath their wings but yeah let pixar make a wonderful film that's right hey has yeah. any, anyone seen wally yes i have did you oh, like it brilliant I, film. i, I want to see it i want to take the boy that there. looks very good yeah, yeah. Boy. brilliant film you know for, for five-year-olds for six-year-olds it might be a little bit boring at times especially oh. if you're talking boy but uh you know sugar them up but yeah it it, it is a sugar really really beautiful film it's well-paced it's good for the adults, um, but yeah, there there's some slower <laughs> moments in the beginning that uh, 45 minutes go by with no dialogue, really. Wow. It's just a robot and his cockroach cleaning up the earth, and it's really it's intriguing. It's a really oh, there like there aren't that. there aren't films like this made okay. nowadays, wow. and that'd be fun to see. Yeah, this is the best animation studio I think in the world right now. So hey, hopefully they'll do something with Tron, but Wally. Wally was better than Ratatouille, and Ratatouille was better than The Incredibles. I mean, it just, it just, just seems keep to building. keep building wonderful films. Well, that's good. That's good. Do we uh, have any um, email we want to talk about? You know, we've been getting a lot of good ideas. I don't have any printed that we should talk about, but you know, keep sending ideas to feedback at tankriot.com, and thanks for all the inspirational notes we've been getting that's right yes. i think it's yes. you know it might be time to do um another uh great douchebags i think i think we're heading yeah. down that path um as to the b movie festival i think we're going to suspend our campaign and we're not going to be able to attend the b movie festival in indianapolis this year this year it's just with this economic crisis that's right it would be irresponsible i believe it would be at this time that's right uh we're hoping to get a piece of that seven hundred billion, though. Plus, the ship needs a new hyperdrive. That's right. So. If we had seven hundred billion, we would be. That there. would be no problem. But don't ask me any questions about it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you really want to see this economy take off, send Tank Riot seven hundred billion dollars. Yes. That's right. We'll fix. We'll we know fix how this to country up. It. Good. That's right. Guns, porn, and drugs. And that's, that's Tank Riot. The future. P.O. Box two seven four four, Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> Five three seven zero one dash two seven four four. Hopefully, read. we'll get seven, at least five hundred billion off of that. Ooh. Yeah, and you can uh, read the show notes in uh, at tankriot.com. And this is episode number fifty nine. Fifty nine. We should all put right. him in Tron font. Tron font. It's all. <laughs> this this episode will be posted in binary. Binary. Yeah. <laughs> so have fun with the show notes, everyone. <laughs> Good luck. Well, good night. <laughs> we have erased that program. I've given in.
Bloodline.